Hey, it's me, Nakia Nightshade, and you can feel the nightshade weekdays, Monday through Friday in the mornings and Thursday and Friday evenings. I'm always gaming, having a good time talking about the latest hot topics and some other interesting things. We have a great laugh while you guys watch me struggle, and you can always show your support by cheering bits, donating, or subbing to my channel. So check me out at twitch.tv slash Nakia Nightshade, and I'd love to see you there. Welcome back. I said I'd be here and here I am. Episode two of season eight. Yes, two a week. How lucky are we? So the reason I wanted to double your pleasure and double your fun wasn't just because I've been gone for so long, but it's also because I've learned through this year and everything that's happened that I need to take advantage of what I have available to me while I have it available to me because sometimes things just get ripped away from you and it's never when you expect it and then you then you suddenly miss it you know or wish oh I should have did that I should have did this um so I want to make sure that doesn't happen and that while we have this time together we indulge in it so today we are going to keep the focus on one topic, which is loneliness. And you wonder why, why start with loneliness? Well, I think loneliness is the border between being single and being in a relationship, because I don't think that either one, um, I don't think it's exclusively mutual to, to one or the other. I think it's fair to say that you can be just as lonely in a relationship as you can be when you're single. And you can feel just as fulfilled in a relationship as you can feel being single. And I don't think enough people say that. There's a lot of relationship experts, quote unquote, and relationship gurus that are just permeating social media and the airwaves and entertainment. I am never going to claim to be that. I am an entertainer. I am a public figure of sorts. I am a speaker. I am a writer, a singer. I'm a lot of things. But what I am definitely not is a psychologist. I'm not a teacher. And I'm not an expert in relationship discussions. However, I have experience in relationships. I have a lot of experience in relationships of all types at different ages in my life, different points in my life, um, from different backgrounds, financial, racial, or other. And so I'm going to share my opinion through that. And it is purely that. Now, when I say something's a fact, when I say, well, this is just, you know, facts are facts, then that's what it is. That means that whatever it is I'm stating, it's been quantified so many times as being a truth that it becomes a fact. I think that's how science works i'm pretty sure i'm not a scientist either but i'm pretty sure that's how science works it's like you keep doing something over and over and you keep testing it and retesting that theory until that theory becomes fact you know where it's just like well this is what happens the majority of times so that makes it what it is so that is kind of my litman's test for the type of information i will give to you or speak about on my podcast um 
I feel like at any given moment, I can always change my mind. I'm a woman. I have a prerogative and I can do that. But that doesn't mean that I wouldn't be fair to fair enough to say to you, okay, yeah, I did say that before. You know, I, I used to like this and now I like that. And, you know, case or things things happen and opinions change. That being said, I wanted to discuss loneliness today because one of the things that has been proven to me time and time again through my experience, my personal, very personal experience, but also through the eyes, ears, and stories of other women. And that is something that a lot of men are not going to like to hear, which is that women are much better at handling loneliness than men. And men are like, oh, no, we're better. We're good at being single. You guys, you're going to die alone. And then and that's the thing. Inside of that insult, you know, you're going to die alone with your cats, with your dog, whatever. Right. Inside that insult that's always hurled at single women or divorced women. um, There's no context to whether or not the woman cares if she dies alone with cats or dogs. Or the fact that, for instance, I had four grandparents, two grandmothers and two grandfathers. All four of those individuals died alone, not necessarily physically alone. You know, my grandmothers had people around, my grandfathers had people around, but did they die simultaneously holding hands like in the notebook no that's not reality they died spoiler alert in case you haven't seen the notebook from 20 plus years ago or 20 years ago uh sorry sorry to ruin that for you but yes that is is that something that 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 happens maybe but that's not reality the reality is one of you kicks the bucket first then the other kicks the bucket later and it is what it is if, if you're even lucky enough to be in a marriage that lasts till those days, you know, someone gets widowed. And the thing about the whole narrative of like, well, if you're not married and then you die, it's much sadder. And I'm like, I don't see how. I don't I don't understand what powers people to think that. I understand why a lot of women come under that spell through patriarchy misogyny and propaganda being you know on a loop for the last few centuries or more but the reason that men say it is very different the reason that men think it is very different men say it because they're trying to make women scared of being alone why would you have to make someone scared of something if it's already scary Unless you are aware that women can handle being alone so much better than you can. (laughs) That your only agenda, your only trick up your sleeve is to scare them. You know, a woman needs a man to keep her safe. From who? Other men? (laughs) You know, it's this, this scare tactic to have us run into their arms. A lot of these uh, online guys on TikTok, Instagram, etc., they like to say, you know, women need to adjust their 
their sights. They need to lower their standards. If you don't look like a supermodel, you need to adjust your standards. Maybe you don't like a fat, balding, short guy who only makes 25000 a year. But maybe that's all you should have. And some women are like, well, I make 65000 a year, 80000 a year. I don't really need him. But you need a man. Well, do I? <laughs> you know, men have profited a lot off of the statistic or, or not even the statistic, the myth, the mythology that being a bachelor is this grand thing, that they have this great life being bachelors. A lot of bachelors pay to play. And if you know what I mean by that, you get where we're going here. And somehow it becomes a sad thing if a woman decides to be to be a bachelorette and, you know, maybe she needs to pay to play to have that type of person that she prefer in the bedroom, not necessarily in her home, because that, that's a whole other conversation for a, a very different podcast. And we will touch on that during this series where I will talk about sugar daddies and sugar mamas and the difference between the two and what that what that really is like. But I think that both should be allowed to do what they want. What I can tell you from my own experience is that for those of you who are new here, I am a fledgling military wife nearing possibly the end of my marriage. And I'm not allowed to discuss the details of that or get into it too much. I know some people think it's not even good that I mention it publicly now when it's not, you know, signed, sealed and delivered. But um, I'm I don't live by other people's rules. I live by my rules. Okay, so I was very open about my marriage before and I was very happy to discuss it. uh, Maybe not at length, but in in the situations where it was necessary, I would mention my marriage or, or give information about being married and relationships. And I have not changed my opinion about when I was married, when I thought I was happily married, I could not imagine anything else. I could not imagine myself with another man. I didn't want another man. I saw myself with him for the rest of my life and I did not believe in divorce. I mean, of course I believed in it. I knew that it existed and that it was an option, but I never wanted to think of it as an option for myself because I felt like if you continually thought about divorce as an option, then you're always looking at the exit door. It's kind of like when you're in school and you keep looking at the clock because you're just waiting for class to be over. So you're not paying attention. So you're not really giving your all to the class. And that's how I felt about marriage. I never wanted to think or even consider divorce because I wanted to give my all to my marriage. And I did until I could not give any more because it was becoming take, take, take from the other side. And and I don't mean financial, I mean emotional, mental, all of those things, right? And so I know that I've mentioned being married and I, I'm not going to, you know, take a steaming dump all over marriage now that I, I might be heading out the exit door. Um, but I am going to be honest about it from my perspective and from the perspective of many women I knew and hopefully I'll have some people on who will also speak from maybe the position of still being married or being um, already out the exit and down the road and on their way to a vacation in Bali, right? 
So I think it's fair to, to, to mention that for people who are new here. And for those of you who already know me, then you know my story, my status. And so being that I was in a, a military marriage for as long as I was, one of the things I became extremely comfortable in, and I knew it was going to happen when I, when we got married, was that I was going to spend a lot of time alone. And not just alone, like, oh, my husband, he works so long hours. He works so late. He's a doctor. He doesn't come home till nine, sometimes 11 at night. Sometimes he gets called away. No, that can be annoying, I'm sure. I couldn't speak on that. We should probably get someone here who can. But I can speak from the position of I don't see him for a year. (laughs) I don't see him physically in front of me for an entire 12 months. We don't touch. We don't kiss. We don't make love. And I do everything alone. I clean the house. I cook. I take care of the, take out the trash. If the light bulb needs to be changed, if the yard needs to be mowed, whatever have it, I did it. Now, of course, I was lucky in my last residence. I had uh, maintenance that I could call for the bigger projects. Um, in this residence, <laughs> I have not been so lucky. Um, I have never in my life thought I would be using a chainsaw to cut, uh, well, a, a, sort of a chainsaw, a chainsaw to cut bushes and tree limbs and mow a yard of a acre, a half an acre of land. Um, if anyone knows me, you know, I've never been that type of person, but I am the type of person who knows how to get in where I fit in and, um, navigate the situation that's in front of me. And let me tell you, I've had to navigate all of that. And I had to do that because it's just me. It's just me here. You know, whether or not he was deployed or now that we're not together, I've had to know what it's like to be alone. And let me tell you, it was the every other year that I spent alone while my husband was deployed to F. Kukistan, Trukistan, Hawaii, Kadate, Kadat, Kadut, right? <laughs> I'm not going to say the names, but he went to a bunch of those places. Okay. And I spent a whole year alone. The first year was the scariest one. And I padded that with um, meeting different women, other wives, uh, taking language courses and uh, FRG educational courses for the wives, going on wives getaways and luncheons and things like that. So that way I didn't feel so alone. Um, I also had a therapist um, to help me adjust, right? So that was the first year, but there were little things that happened in between that made me have to, you know, learn how to take care of myself. And as the years went on, I endured many different things and it made me stronger and stronger and stronger and more independent because I had to be independent. What was I going to do? I used to be in a relationship where if the car like made a... (coughs) I'd call my boyfriend and be like, oh, hey, Gabby, Carter's coughing. What do I know? And he'd show up, you know? I couldn't do that. I was in a, not a foreign land, but in a, a brand new town in a, in a brand new state on the other side of the country, away from all of my friends and family. And he was on the other side of the world, away from me. And I had to figure it the F out. And I did. And I think it was a luxury of having been still technically married 
still be able to talk to him on the phone, blessed with the technology of this era. So I wasn't, you know, a wife of a military soldier in like the 1940s, you know, where he was off to war and I was truly detached from him, where those men went and basically made new wives overseas, which they still do. Um, (laughs) But I had the luxury of like, I talked to him, we do a little sexting, but then once the phone went off, silence, make dinner for myself, watch my shows, wake up, you know, sleep alone every night, night after night in dead silence in this big house in this town that on the news was like, oh, it's endangered. They're too close to the border. They're going to get raided by all the illegal. I mean, that was the stuff that was on the news all the time. And I endured. And I think that helped me prepare to walk out the exit door in a way that I don't think I would have been prepared in a traditional marriage where they're always on top of each other. They see each other every day. And the wife, specifically, the wife leans very heavily on the husband for the things she thinks she needs him for. She, the roles that she thinks she needs him to play, to take out the trash, to mow the lawn, to fix the thing for the car or to change the tire or whatever it is that we've been trained to think we need him for. So we get very attached and very afraid to be without a man in that environment. But there's a lot of women who grow up with a dad who tells them, you know, teaches them those types of things so they can endure being single and taking their time to pick a person they really want to be with and not just mating or marrying some guy out of fear of being alone. And as we've evolved and now we're into the 2020s, a lot of women have decided if they can't get the guy they really want, the person that will bring joy to them, then they don't want one. And they're enjoying their beautiful homes, you know, turning their second bedroom into a walk-in closet, not having some man leave the lid up and pee all over the seat and, you know, not having someone put them down or yell at them or tell them, oh, how come you don't cook for me or where's my food or to be cheated on or lied to, you know, to, to give that up isn't really that hard. We just had to be able to know that we could now in this day and age use an app to get someone to come do this or to help us with that or to, you know, the conveniences that we have found have made it easier for us to be alone. While on the flip side, being fair to the men, they've used apps too to help them with their loneliness. Although it isn't to fix a tire or to change a light bulb, it's to, you know, suck their dick (laughs) because that's what they use the apps for right they're using tinder and bumble and whatever other apps i wouldn't be privy to but those are the ones i see on tv they're using those apps to find a quick hookup to fulfill their sexual needs to have a roster of women so that they don't have to feel like they're alone while they're at their home and they don't have someone there to do whatever the womanly things are that they would assume those roles would be you know, a lot of men cook for themselves or maybe just order takeout, use an app for that. You know, they could get an app and have someone come clean their house once a week or every two weeks. So the conveniences have made it to the point where now people 
male and female, have decided, I don't want to be with someone unless I have to. But in the end, statistically, and what has been shown in more recent times, is that the only people that seem to be able to handle, are, that are handling it well, are women. Men seem to not be handling it as well. Now, I can't get into the why of that from the men's side. But what it seems to look like is there's a lot of angry men of all ages. It runs the gambit. It's not just older men. It's not just younger men. It's of all ages. They're angry that they are not finding a mate or they're not finding a wife. A lot of times I will tell you from what I could see online in the comment section and a lot of the videos from these um, relationship experts, it seems to be because they're really looking for a woman to play a role and a very specific role that they like to reference is submitting that's something they say a lot they're like i need a woman who's going to submit to me and be a you know be my queen and be you know play her role as the woman of my life and the woman and i don't know what that's about i don't it's very entangled and like old slavery terminology and I don't really understand why even black men are utilizing that terminology why would you ever tell a black woman or any woman to submit to you they're like oh submit to your king that's not how kings and queens work you obviously don't know anything about royalty at all that's not how royalty works a queen doesn't submit to a king they're supposed to be on par she may listen to the king the king might be the one that runs the 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 kingdom but he doesn't make her bow to him <laughs> and submit to him on some slave level. That's that's delusional. And so I'm not really sure why that's happening specifically in the relationships uh, conversation of the black community. That's another day for another topic for another day. But um, I will say that it just seems like with all of the way that, you know, if you look online, if you just cut it down the middle and you look at it for what it is on the women's side, the majority of the conversation is I'm happy being single. We're not putting up with these men anymore. We're done with these lying and cheating men. We're not dealing with it anymore. You know, no more broke men, no more this, whatever, right? That that's essentially what's on the, the woman's side of the line. And on the men's side, it's like, we don't want no more gold diggers. We want women to submit to us. We want you to be beautiful with no makeup on and be perfect and do whatever we want and let us do whatever we want, right? So that's on the other side. But somewhere in the middle, that means that only maybe 10% of both of those sides ever meet in the middle and, and have a relationship. So that means that the 90% of the discourse between all of these people and their viewers are single. And the ones who are getting angry enough to kidnap, attack, maim, rape, pillage, shoot up a building, shoot up a school, attack people, are the men. The men are the ones that are getting so frustrated by this discourse and their loneliness that they are actively hurting people because of it. And women on the other side are going on vacations together, you know, having a, a me day, um, turning their homes into their palace, you know, raising children on their own and, and for the most part being okay with that. And it's, it is something to be examined. 
Why are women at more peace without men and men are angry that they can't have a woman to bring them peace. Because if you've noticed, that's another thing they say very often in the conversation is they want a woman to bring them peace, but we can't bring you peace. You have to find your own. You know, you need to find peace inside yourself as a man. And you need to let a woman find peace inside of herself so that you can come together and bring peace joy to each other you can't expect this nonsensical fantasy of like a woman will come over and soothe the beast you know it's always the same imagery the woman is soft and beautiful and and fluffy and vibrant she comes over and she takes her hand and she goes and she tries to rub her hand over his face and soothe the beast i did that I did that for my husband and I can't even tell you what the last time happened when what happened to me last time I did that for him. But I will I will just say it did not end well for me. It didn't soothe him. And I ended up being I can't say legally what happened, but just know that that's that's how bad it was. I can't even legally tell you what happened to me when the beast was raging and I tried to soothe him. So it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It doesn't work. If you cannot fix what's wrong inside of you, you cannot expect someone else to be able to do it. And I want to end it on this because I've got a couple more minutes left and I wanted to say this. I have one, one thing I'd like to give to you to take with you if you're single and you're starting to date or if you're in a relationship and you're questioning whether you should stay in it or not. And the thing I want to say, and I, I did get this from a few women, I am going to I am going to shout out one of them and her name is Shira Seven, but she's not the only person who said that. I listen to a lot of different women, married, single, and, and in between. And one of the things that I live by is, does this person fix my problems or make more problems for me? Are you a problem solver or a problem maker? That's all that matters. Because to me, the one thing I I can mention is that it seemed to me that the person that I was connected to for all these years was always looking for a problem. They they just always looked for a problem. They they would find the problem they were looking for. They continually needed a problem to be um, inside of the relationship. And they needed to utilize that problem not only to um, disassemble their relationship, but also to give an excuse for why their behavior would be the way it was outside of the relationship, especially to their friends and coworkers, just in case they'd witnessed this behavior, right? And so my thing is, look at the person that you're going to be dating. Look at the person whom you're already in a relationship with. Do they solve a lot of the problems in your life? financially, emotionally, whatever, mentally, or are they the cause of it? That's all that you need to know. That's all I need to know. (laughs) And so I feel like when it comes to why I as a woman and many of my counterparts between the ages of 18 and 70 are coming to terms with and coming to this enlightenment with I think we're okay being alone. We really don't mind being alone. I'm at peace being alone. 
is because we remind ourselves, hey, okay, I'm a little sad right now. Gosh, I wish I had someone to hold me while I watch this show or, oh, I remember we used to do this and now I'm doing it alone. But we remind ourselves, hey, at least this person isn't here throwing things. At least I'm not having someone yell at me. At least I'm not having someone putting me down or making me question myself. That, that is a freedom inside of being alone that makes it less about loneliness and more about independence. And men have been blessed with the reality of having their own bodily autonomy and independence for so long that now that women are saying, hey, we don't want to be with you unless you are mentally and emotionally fit and sometimes mostly financially fit, right? Until you bring all of that with you. And men are like, wait, what? I can't just have a wife. I can't just have a girlfriend. I have to actually have a personality and be a good guy. Now they're getting to know what it's like to experience true loneliness and experience what it's like to have choices taken away from them that were never taken away from them before. But women, we've known that for a very long time. We have known what it's like to not have a say and to not be able to make our own choices for our own financial choices, our futures, our bodies. And now that we do, sitting on the couch and watching Hulu and eating dinner alone ain't so bad. It's not so bad. And every time I go in the bathroom, the toilet seat's down and the house smells lovely. And that's not so bad either. All right. So I will be back next week and we will be talking about the hot topics of the week. Of course, we're going to be talking about Halloween and horror and horror movies. And I'll be doing a couple of horror movie reviews as well. Keep up with me on my TikTok, Nakia Nightshade. You can always find me on any of my links at Nakia Nightshade, all one word. And until next time, keep it hot.